What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. My name is Harrison Gilming. I'm the worship arts director here at Lake Forest Church in Huntersville, North Carolina. Here today with Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, Huntersville, and bopping my head to your new intro music, Harrison. It might have to. It it might have to change for one month coming up here to something with a little bit of. A little bit of blues on I it. I think so. Hey, today's episode, we're going to get to know two ministry partners, and in particular, a ministry they have developed uh, that helps folks uh, in middle age and a little past middle age um, think about the second half of life and, and maybe moving from um, maybe they experience success or not in the first half, but how to think about significance and take that seriously. And um, it's this great material that some folks in our church are moving through, and I'm looking forward to it. This will especially relate to you if you're approaching or you're just on the other side of middle age, uh, someone like me. But first, Harrison, we're about to get to our month, Hope and House of Blues, when we're, we're actually requesting everyone who's medically capable of being here in person every Sunday, and then all the teenager and grade schooler stuff, but you have inked all the artists, the Sunday morning artists. Yeah, we're so excited. I just wanted to take two minutes and give you guys a a look at who's coming uh, to hang with us for Hope and House of Blues, which again is a chance for us to uh, bring in some guest artists who are really able to put a, a voice to uh, some of the uh, lament, to some of the the hard stuff that we've been through, especially over the past couple of years. It's very timely. So uh, here's our lineup of artists for Hope and House of Blues 2022. We kick off. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we kick off March 6th with uh, a guy named Tad Walters. He's a local uh, to the Carolinas blues artist, but he's been doing it for like 25 years. He is a pro, a longtime pro. And when you think of just like that kind of, classic sound of blues music that's tad all day long he's gonna uh, play some guitar i think even some harmonica our band's gonna join in with him yeah and this is the 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 biblical category of psalms of lament where we take our blues i was with a dear ministry partner battling cancer and it's a hard battle they're in a hard place and just yesterday i was praying lament with this ministry partner in the words that psalms gives us and so we're going to take that and musically uh lament over everyone and learn how to lament the last couple of years together but this tad's first song that he's going to take us to lament wow okay that's the first week and then week two another local uh at least she started as a local artist she plays all over in florida she's coming to us from a gig from chicago uh a young lady by the name of nikki morgan who uh plays guitar and sings beautifully uh we we love her sound and it's kind of uh, especially these first couple, they've been doing it for a while, but to a lot of people, these might be kind of a, a little bit of a, a hidden treasure. These first two, uh, her in particular, may be up and coming. Yeah. She yeah. plays with that, I don't know what you call it, that harmonica thingy around your neck. You yeah. Know, it's just out there. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. We're, so we're excited to hang with her. Week three, uh, uh, an artist from Nashville uh, named Cindy Morgan. And Cindy Morgan uh, has been making music for a long time. She's a two-time Grammy nominee and she's she's won 13 Dove Awards which is 
That's thir- that's thirteen more than you and I combined have won. I, than us, I mean, yeah. yeah if, if you put us together, if you put us together, you put us together. If yeah. you have been uh, listening to to contemporary Christian music for a long time, she was um, quite a hit uh, some years ago, and really took a turn toward Americana, toward folk. And wrote an entire album that was on, I believe it was Americana uh, or Folk uh, Album of the Year in Canada that year. An entire album lamenting a, a deep loss in her family. Yeah. And so she resonated with the theme of what we're doing. She'll, she'll be one of the bigger artists, more well-known we've ever had. Uh, she really wanted to be here when she heard a church is attempting to fuse Psalms of Lament, blues music, and blues scripture. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, so finally, our our last artist, if you've been around Open House of Blues, you know this guy, who is now an, uh, a, a Grammy-winning artist, uh, uh, Mike Ferris, and he, he just brings the party. And it's really actually fitting the week we're having Mike come to close out Open House of Blues, the the uh the title the at least standing title of our theme for that day is hope dealer how do we how do we deal hope around us and and uh mike does a fantastic job he of is doing a that. hope dealer he truly whenever he is. signs an autograph i've seen it uh he he signs it don't let the sun go down mike uh, ferris that's awesome. that's his life motto um uh, just a mega level talent a guy with a neat heart uh and uh, and with us, he's very open about how God has changed his life and saved him from despair. That's right. So we are so looking forward to Hope in a House of Blues. The four Sundays, the first Sunday will be um, Hope versus Optimism. The uh, second Sunday, Hope in Grief and Loss. The third Sunday, Hope Killers. And then the final Sunday, Hope Dealers. Uh, and then we'll move toward Good Friday. That's right. And Easter. That's right. We're excited. Please hey, come. We have special guests today, ministry partners, um, Karen and Daryl Poppin. Hello, guys. Good morning. morning. Would, would you pull up a little close to the microphone there and then just stay at the same distance and it'll work just fine. Daryl and Karen became ministry partners here uh, about a decade ago. Almost. Yes, they moved here because of grandchildren. Not because they like my sermons uh, or your music, Harrison. Yeah, they were yeah. just straight up about it. We're here for the grandkids. <laughs> so they're, Not uh, for Doug and Jen. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Their son is Doug Poppin. Doug and Jen have been longtime fun folks here. Um, <coughs> Jen is on our staff. And uh, uh, when you first moved here a decade ago, I remember the first. I, can re- I actually remember my first conversation with you in the back of the worship center. And you were describing your aspiration. You were retired. Uh, you, you, Daryl, you had a career in finance with nonprofits and profits. Your career, Karen, was in education uh, terminally as superintendent of a school system. You all were in California most of your life. You came here and you said, we want to retire on mission. I don't know if that's the exact word you used for me. And you had some plans and things, and uh, and you've you've had some fits and starts. But the reason I invited you here today is my community group is being led by you right now. You have developed a curriculum for people in the second half of life. Our community group, we're we're saying like, let's be honest, it's kind of the third, <laughs> the last third of life. It's not exactly halftime. Um, it's not the fourth quarter either, uh, and. Describe 
first of all, so you t- you're taking us through a Bible study. We're watching videos. We're talking about our life past and our dreams for the future and God's call on our life at this stage of our life. Um, and you've called it um, halftime, correct? Uh, what led you guys to develop this material and offer it to others? Well, at age 50, we were introduced to this book, Halftime, by Bob Buford, uh, by some friends down in Atlanta, Georgia. And it really challenged us. We, we had pretty successful careers uh, as the world would look at it. But as we, during that time, though, we were always serving somewhere, somehow, uh, in our local church. And so as we read the book and decided we really needed to set some goals for ourselves uh, before we retired. So that kind of triggered our planning uh, ahead of time uh, as to how that transition into a life of significance Mm -hmm. could be better served. So we lived that out for... 12 years or so before we retired and the the planning the planning for that one of our goals during that time was to get out of debt um, okay so that whatever resources we had could be fully committed to what it, whatever it was God was calling us to and we had no idea at that time um, we had some thoughts and plans and dreams but um, but we were full-time in our careers and there wasn't much time um, other than serving in our local church for for much else, what I appreciate is that at the age of ages of fifty, you started r- really seeking God and planning together. That's this is a unifying thing for a couple to begin talking about. Well, this next phase of life, what what will we prioritize? What will be important about it? Um, at the time, did did you have an inkling that you would likely relocate to be near children and grandchildren? Yeah, we, we did. Um, we raised two boys. Doug, Doug is our older son, and our younger son passed away in two thousand and five. And during those intervening seven years um, between when he passed away and when we retired, we really had a hunger to be closer to family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, which is a high aspiration in retirement as well. I I watch. Uh, there are a lot of people who come to Lake Forest and they say we're here for the grandkids because this is you know, young families move in here and so then someone maybe at your stage of life um, I always bless them and go wow the my parents moved here to be close to the boys while they were growing up and I call it um, grandparent ballast in their soul is what my sons have because they were tended to with that unconditional grandparent candy giving at all hours of the day love <laughs> that only grandparents can. And, and they were folks who also are, are wise followers of Christ like you too. And so what a blessing to your grandchildren. But um, you decided that was not your whole mission in retirement. No, um, because the skills that God gave us, the, the gifts and talents and the and the the life experience um, that we had had, we thought, what a, what a waste if 
if we just drop that and pursue pleasure during retirement. He didn't give us those gifts to drop them off at at retirement. He wanted us to continue to use them. And so we, as we retired very early um, in our retirement, we began to seek what he had for us. And and we thought we had found it initially. That's what I remember. That's what you told me in that first conversation. You were sure, oh, we know kind of how we'll use our gifts and talents. Because you're right, the parable of the talents that Jesus says, hey, I've given you a few talents. Yours are Etc. This, that, and the other. It's not. There's not an age limit to, <laughs> to using those talents. So, mm-hmm. what was your plan for how you would use your gifts and talents in retirement? For significance very, <clears throat> is the word. I had a very close friend who I had worked with in California, who became the president of Operation Mobilization out of Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. a missions organization. And he kept bugging me to come on. He wanted me to be the CFO at one point. And I, I, we were in our careers. We were dealing with some of our son's issues there in California. So we decided uh, that wasn't best for us. But I said, Rick, after we retire, we'd like to come and, and help you. Uh, not in a, an official salary type of position, mm-hmm. but using our skills to help them. Uh, So I took two or three trips to Atlanta and spent time with them, thinking that that's where God was leading us, and it just didn't work. Hmm. What they were asking for was not in my skill set. And so that was kind of disheartening, very Mm -hmm. honestly, uh, (laughs) at first, because they're very close friends, and we thought, this is going to be a good good mm. mix. Mm. We play golf together. Uh, we're just good friends. Uh, but God had other plans for mm. us. So we came here and got involved. And we went on the very first missions trip to Long Island, Bahamas. Ah, that our, okay. That our church sponsored. And we just... Fell in love with Gabe and Jan Swing. They, and, they le- lead uh, the Caribbean Youth, Bahamas Youth Network there. Right. And we've partnered with them on mission trips for well over a decade now, yes. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, last week I just took my 13th trip to the Bahamas. Are you serious, Daryl? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're practically a citizen. <laughs> Start speaking with an accent soon. And it's, it's just a ministry that we have really fallen in love with. Uh, I a, happen to know you've gone on trips with ministry partners. I, know, I happen to know that you, got, you two as a couple have gone down there for extended periods of time just to serve Gabe and Jan's needs, the needs of the ministry. Um, uh, in in a uniquely supportive way, and I'm just so grateful for your support for that ministry. So, so that first trip to the Bahamas did that start to be a glimmer of, okay, I think the Lord is going to show us other opportunities for significance in our retirement years using our gifts and talents. Exactly. Yeah, but but we realized that we weren't going to live in Bahamas. And <laughs> right. <laughs> We would probably take a couple trips a year. So, God, what do you have for us locally? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, at that time, Earl Runkin, who was leading One More Neighborhood, introduced me to Ann Crawford, the founder of Caterpillar Ministries. and Our I, largest partner ministry here in town. Yep. And I became an elementary tutor. And I did that for a number of years. I love that. The superintendent. <laughs> if all your teachers in that district could have seen you sitting uh, in, in that uh, mobile home uh, facility tutoring grade schoolers, it would have done their heart good. I'm sure they knew you were that kind of person all along anyway. And, and I loved that and then began to take leadership within that program. And then after a few years, um, God laid a burden on on not just my heart, but the heart of several within Caterpillar for, um, for moms who were um, stuck at home, generally one car in the family, dad takes that to work, so mom's at home. What could we do in the neighborhood to engage moms um, productively so that they have something that they could do and feel proud of? And um, This is the neighborhood we call our favorite neighborhood at Lake Forest. It it, it's a concentrated community of recent Spanish-speaking immigrant families. Right. And so um, Cindy Cooper and I launched Job Workshop, and we did that for a number of years with the ladies uh, creating with their hands. Um, We started with pallet plaques and moved on into a number of other products that local vendors would sell, Hmm. and the ladies would get a portion of of the profits from that. But we were also training wow. them in how to have a home business. Hmm. You know, how could how could you take something you already love and do well and turn that into an income stream for your family? Wow. So. wow. Well, and then I happen to know that these involvements, your both of your hearts grew closer and closer to these two ministries as well as others. And Daryl, you ended up also being involved in Caterpillar. You have used your friend- Thanks to my wife who volunteered me. <laughs> well, you, you, you keep about half the books for Lake Forest. You keep the books for Caterpillar, correct? You manage their right. finances. You do that for our partner church, Liberation Church, Pastor correct. Davis. What a gift that is. I get that report um, uh, monthly. It's just neat how you guys have followed on a, a heart for ministry on in. And then as your gifts, you see where your gifts could be used, the Lord's opened that door. It, uh, I remember 2014 when we incorp- Caterpillar incorporated into a, a separate nonprofit. We had a goal of getting $100,000 worth of donations in one year. And seven years later, we brought in 388,000 wow. last year. Wow. And we're on a we're on a track to continue to grow over 183 donors last year gave to Caterpillar Ministry. Well, it's a trustworthy ministry. There's a good reason for that because God is flourishing. There is such fruitfulness among families and children in Huntington Green from that ministry. I'm yeah. so grateful for it. Um so, question this means you guys have no fun in retirement. Like you, your golf clubs have cobwebs on them. I wouldn't Y'all say are, that. You're, you're giving all your money away, living like paupers. Is that right? No. <laughs> we have a lot of fun. Yeah. How, how do you decide how much time is to serve uh, in, in ministry? And then, I mean, you guys did 
you you worked really hard decades and I, I'm um, how do you how do you balance balance is not the right word what lifestyle have you chosen the interplay between that go ahead you know it's really just what God, God calls us to every morning before I get out of bed I pray you know God I have a plan for today but I know you have a better plan for today so you know what's what's on my schedule hmm. um, Daryl still regularly plays golf, goes bowling, rides his bike. I do a ton of reading. Um, and Yes, you and Angie are in the same book club. <laughs> I always love hearing the, the, the rankings you give each book. <laughs> and, um, and walking in the neighborhood, I enjoy doing craft projects and um, spending time with friends. So we definitely are not all work and no play. <laughs> well, and it's it, the things that I enjoy are really, really flexible. For instance, I was scheduled to play golf tomorrow, but yet a need has come up to take some furniture to a, a person in need over in Huntington Greens, so I just canceled the golf game. So when things come up, we are available and it's a real blessing that we can be flexible that is in what a our schedules. Really important word. You have a gift. One of your talents is availability in retirement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I read something. Uh, Angie and I are, are doing some planning ourselves uh, these days for the next phase of life. Just making sure that we're we have the same goals and that we're preparing well. Um, and I read an, uh, in a book on re- retirement. There was this with um, baby boom, early baby boomers. Um, there was this expected massive influx of volunteerism in our country. Maybe it was you all that told us this in our group. Um, there was this expected, like, oh, all these affluent baby boomers are going to start retiring early, and they're and what they say is what they self-report is we're going to volunteer for good to have significance, like you guys are saying. And what they found is for people who did not start serving others, in, whether it's out of faith or not faith-related, people who didn't actually start volunteering for the good of others sometime early or mid-50s, when they retire, they don't do it. <laughs> there was no massive bump. This is in the st- general statistical survey. And so I think for our listeners... Uh, Many of whom are not quite as senior as you two are. They, most of them, our listeners, do not have a grandson who's about to graduate high school. Um, I won't ask you your age, but that, that's the age that you're at. Um, uh, hearing that, that, that the saying, hey, you know what, when we retire... You know what Lake Forest is saying, would you go, we're about to announce a Bahamas mission trip, we're about to announce a Honduras. We all the time say, hey, tutors are needed. Um, with Caterpillar for those who say sometimes with legitimate reason my life is just so full right now with everything two jobs and kids that's understandable to a point but if you if if we're a person who says I'll get to that in retirement then we're, we're sort of giving ourselves credit for 15 years from now really serving with our talents to for others needs um, the, the, the statistics are we won't do it if we're if we're not getting that habit in our life of serving, sharing, going in our by our fifties, I think. So, I, uh, mm-hmm. 
an example of that is I had a really good friend in California who at 52 years old retired after 30 years in the Redlands Police Department. Okay. Had an unbelievable pension because he retired as, as a lieutenant mm-hmm. in the thing. And they did a survey in California of retired police officers. And the average length of life in retirement for a police officer in California was three years. Whoa. Yeah. Hmm. Because of the uh, the highs that a police officer gets when he's on call, mm-hmm. and then they have no plan hmm. for when they retire, and they just disintegrate. Wow. God made us to live with a purpose to serve. <laughs> we are made. And, and for most of us, we're able to connect during our working years. Most people are able to connect their work in some way to human flourishing. You know, if you're sure. if you are an administrator in an insurance agency, that is contributing to well-being and security for families, etc. Um, but but if we retire with nothing of significance, um, that's a danger to our. It's a danger to health. Even. Oh yeah. Not only is it a, a burying of our talents in in Jesus worldview. So you guys are not just doing this, but you decided to assist others in thinking through starting at the age of 45 or 50-ish. And by the way, anyone who's in a community group and you're like late 40s, uh, any that age or later, I highly recommend uh, doing what our community group is doing. We heard of this and we invited Karen and Daryl in and we're in our fourth session, coming up on our fourth session our group is raving about it. We're all in our 50s, a few in their early 60s. And this this mission statement exercise that everyone did uh, was some of the most on-point discussion this group has ever had together about deep places in our heart. Um, how did you develop, why did you decide to develop this for other people, this curriculum? Actually, we... This came out of a marriage seminar done by Mark and Courtney Donaldson back in 2018. Yes. Mm. Okay. And one of their questions was... We were on a panel, okay. a discussion panel at the end of the conference. And they said, as a married couple, what is your marriage's purpose? It could be related to your passions, those things you never pursued as individuals but are meant to pursue together. And as we started thinking about, are there any things that we haven't yet pursued? And we thought, you know, we have seen retired people who kind of flounder after retirement. Mm -hmm. Could we help them? And fortunately, the Halftime Institute, which Bob Buford created out of his book, Halftime, had a lot of resources. So ordered a lot of stuff, read a lot of stuff, did a lot of praying, and said what would be important to share from the book halftime and from the the resources from the institute that might help people um, through this the process that we have been through. Now, when we became aware of this, my group was resistant because you named it halftime because I pushed that book. I've pushed that book on a lot of people when they are retiring, particularly a little bit early, and maybe they have run up the score in the first half of life with success. And they're oftentimes sitting with me. Hey, Mike, I'd love help. You know, what do I, I, I've been privileged to have many of those conversations. 
But I found um, that that the book Halftime is actually as defeating as it is helpful for people. (laughs) Because his story, it's a wonderful story, but it's so grandiose. We won't get into it. It's so grandiose. It's like, so... You suck if your second half of life, you don't create a global ministry and solve world hunger. It's that kind of a thing. And so my group was resistant. And then we found out, no, 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 you've reworked it for normal people. Uh, And uh, yeah, what, what, what do you think is the most important way you've, you've uh, made an original, you've put together original material? Why were you led to change it a little bit? Well, because so much of the book is Bob's own personal story, we wanted to select just those parts that we felt would be helpful. Hmm. So we narrowed it down um, to four things that we thought, kind of four questions um, that we thought were important. And the first one um, has to do with what's the path of your life? And the sigmoid curve, um, which which Mike was already familiar with before we introduced it as part of this course, is a good picture of why it's important before you get to retirement to start thinking about and actually doing some things to prepare for your second half. So that was point number one. Point number two was, do you have a life mission statement? And and. Because a life mission statement is kind of like a GPS for the rest of your life. It mm-hmm. kind of gives you some direction. So when an opportunity comes up, you look at your mission statement and said, is this a fit with my mission or it, would it be a distraction from it? And so the second thing that was important was to help people think through the process of what's my life mission. The third is to create a plan that kind of puts all the pieces together, including the mission statement, but also thinking about finances and what are my spouse's goals and what role do I play best in um you know what what are my talents what do I bring it was to even the table he- even healthy for our group to actually you guys sparked us the, in the last session to even to even discuss as fellow believers doing life together so who how how have y'all gone about financial planning how have you done it we had never even talked about that as a group to to cheer each other on toward life preparation. I mean, the book of Proverbs is all about, you know, when you plan, you prosper. Um, and then the fourth is what? And the fourth will then be, so what does it look like lived out? Because there are lots of different ways it could look. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike mentioned some videos. We watched two men who were still working in their first half careers. That's right but who had freed up some time to do service within one of them within his own career as a dentist yes. and another to, to go someplace totally different from the financial planning that he did most of the week. Um, and he, Those were he, so inspiring stories, but doable do it, based on, yeah. you know, Daryl, I love it. You, you, you are serving by taking things to people. You do physical stuff, but you especially are using the skills God's honed in you of finance and Karen you administration uh, and and th- those stories are per- really good examples about using the formidable talents and and skills um, I, I have to admit when when I learned we were going to write a life mission statement I was like okay you know I mean I've kind of done this before it's just gonna I, I know what mine's gonna be it's gonna be something like 
love as many people as possible toward <laughs> Jesus, you know, um, w- which is great. And that kind of is my... You kind of want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I wrote something like that when I was 22 years old and started my first job and I had to write a life mission statement. And, and it's, there's, I, have, it, I haven't iterated very far from that. On the other hand, however, what you were leading us, what you have are leading our group to, is this real step-by-step comprehensive valuing of different parts of ourselves, value identifying passions and niches that uh, that our heart is. T- so it's very specific. Would you do us the favor of reading the two of your mission statement? Sure. Because I, I just think it's helpful to get a, a concrete, after they've already heard a little bit about what you're involved in, uh, I think this is helpful. Um, my mission statement is, I desire to use my skills in writing, organizing, and leadership to help the poor in Huntersville and Bahamas in order to meet physical needs and draw people to Christ. And Daryl would read his, except he left his glasses in the car. Okay, okay, okay. We'll, we'll give you a pass. Um, that, the, well, the specificity. Okay, okay. Yeah. Daryl's is, I want to use my financial, business, and serving skills to help churches and nonprofit organizations locally and in the Bahamas accomplish their missions and make sound financial decisions. See, what's interesting is we're also given this, doing this with another community group. Oh. We have a member of that community group. You're two-timing group. on us? Oh, we thought you were, <laughs> we were your favorite group. Well, you are, but we had to have a second. Okay. Anyway, a gentleman in that group said, mine is to glorify God and do whatever he calls me to do. That was his first right. statement before we started the class. Now he's given us, I think, either three or four revisions to that statement <laughs> that are much more specific yeah. yes yeah, uh, yeah and he's been very complimentary and very uh, appreciative of the fact that he needed to nail this down um, yes. a little more specifically and karen as you said earlier it helps you make decisions what has your name on it what doesn't have your name on it because everything can't have your name on it every need every opportunity every ministry but some of them do have your name on it and we must recognize that well Friends, I, I highly recommend this part. If you're a community group leader or member, I would suggest you recommend, invite. There's going to be a long line uh, for uh, I'm the, retired. the Poppins uh, leading you through this process. And I think probably we need to, to uh, at some point ask you guys if you'd be willing to offer a, maybe a Sunday evening or whatever uh, to the congregation at large for folks of a certain age who might want to walk through this together. Would you guys be open to that sometime this oh, semester yeah. or fall, the fall semester maybe? Sure. Well, I'm so encouraged. I'm very inspired by your lives. I, uh, I, I think in the dictionary of doing retirement well, uh, your picture should be there. If, if that were a dictionary word, um, you, uh, I, I am big fans of the Poppins and I appreciate I'm I'm grateful that the Lord, because of your grandchildren, brought you to Lake Forest. And so we get to not only be the benefit of your gifts and talents being used for significance in the kingdom, but also our partner ministries are. So that that's a real joy for me. And, um, yeah, thank you for spending time. Uh, is there anything you would like to say in conclusion? No, I think we've covered it pretty yep. good. 
They are to the point, Harrison, That's unlike right. me. That's right. <laughs> unlike they get straight me. there. Yeah, they, they just get right to it. Mike, like Mike will find statement. a few pit stops on the way to enjoy <laughs> enjoy the scenery a little bit, look at the mountains. and. <laughs> All right, well. That's the Ask LFC podcast for this week. Uh, glad you got to knew, know a couple of our ministry partners, and I hope that is helpful as you invite the Holy Spirit into scenarioing your own plans for your second half of life. Catch you guys next time.